Welcome back to Dollar Menu Mid-Carters. I'm very tired, but I am Matt Jackson. And Evangelistico is off in, I believe, a different country. So filling in for him today is a beat-up Gary J. Hello, and I'm not Evangelistico, and uh, kind of wish I was in Alaska right now with Evan. But <laughs> I'm not. I'm in the house with you because, you know, <laughs> I live with the Booker brother. I'm always on top. <laughs> So we're here today to kind of relive last night, uh, Anarchy versus Everybody, Alton, Illinois. Uh, fucking hell of a night. We'll get into like all the highlights. I know that uh, some people are going to want us to talk about the venue, and if we still are going to have one, I can tell you for sure, we will have a venue for Ladies Night and for May. It just might not be there. <laughs> we, uh, Oops. We're going to talk about that later on. So I, I, well, the way I want to do this is because is I want to talk about the show kind of from my perspective and then from your perspective. It's kind of two different perspectives. Okay. Um, so like my day, I guess like leading up to the show, I, like there was a while I was a little, not stressed out, but kind of, see I don't get stressed out, but I'll get annoyed. And I was... Like, the pre-sale number wasn't what I wanted it to be three weeks ago. Um, Clearly, because after, after January, I mean, we drew, what, 12, 1,300? <laughs> oh, yeah. We had a packed house yeah, in January, exactly. no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> so we wanted bigger numbers for <laughs> yeah, the show. I was wanting a little bigger than January. Uh, I was really hoping we'd do a shade bigger. Um, yeah. But our pre-sale number wasn't bad. But, you know, with having Nick Gage, and I was like, well... Running on Saturday, everybody's told me we should be doing Saturdays, which I believe we've covered it, but I'll touch on it again for a second. Like, the reason we don't do Saturdays most of the time is because it's easier to get talent on Fridays and the uh, Powerbomb stream. Like, we don't have to work around as many promotions. Like, Freelance does Fridays, but it's easy to work around them because they're one promotion rather than work around Black Label and... All the East Coast promotions, like Chikara is on Power Bar, Independent Wrestling TV. Good God. Yeah, don't fuck that up. Uh, but, you know, it's, Fridays, there's less to work around. Yep. And well, and I thought the Spalding was more of it. Like, availability for the Spalding is usually better on Fridays anyways, isn't it? A little. I mean, they're kind of... I mean, they're pretty flexible either way. It's more the, the talent and the Power or Independent Wrestling stream. Yeah, I'm terrible at that, too. It's I, all right. I fuck it up all the time. Um so that's why we do more Fridays than Saturdays. Uh, will we do more Saturdays now? We might. I mean, it kind of just depends. I, I I would rather do Saturdays if everything lined up. If, if independent wrestling TV was always open on the Saturday and the talent was all available on a Saturday, we would always do Saturdays. But it just doesn't. It just doesn't work out that way. But but doing Saturday this time, I'm thinking. You know, we've been told this, but we should have a huge pre-sale number. So I set the walking goal. Who told you that? Oh, no, not, no like, I'm not going to name the fans personally. Yeah. But I, I, you'll see shit on Twitter where people are like, oh, if they did Saturdays, I'd be there. And then I've talked to a few fans that are like, you should run Saturdays. You might, you'd probably do even better. And So I'm thinking, oh, we should hit a huge fucking pre-sale number here. But... Like three weeks ago, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't what I wanted. Well, I know. I would, I would, I would walk into the house and you'd be pacing. Something I should record one day and just be like, "This is what happens before anarchy." Weeks, weeks before anarchy. This is where it starts, and you're just pacing, bitching about something. My process starts weeks before the show. Pretty much. I book these cards 
pretty well in advance. But the show, day of show process for me starts like three weeks before the fucking show. Yeah. But in the last ten days, we sold a lot of tickets. And we were actually only one ticket shy from my huge walk-in goal. The walk-in goal that we were promoting on Twitter that we hit... That wasn't the walking goal that I actually wanted. That was something where I was like, I'll be satisfied if we hit this, I guess. What was the actual walking goal? It was like, I think I wanted to have like 150 sold by the time we walked into the building. And then we just wanted 150 pre-sale, and then you wanted well, I want, as many I mean, walk-ups I want the as building. possible. <laughs> yeah. I, I, there's never a time where I go, boy, I hope we don't sell out this building tonight, but... Uh, I like to have a certain number where I like this is respectable because I've said this a million times. Like I, I'm not doing this to draw eighty, a hundred people. Like I don't, I don't have. I, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not something I want to do. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm committed to this like I've always been, but I have to see some kind of growth in this. Absolutely. If there's no growth with the brand and the atmosphere and what we're doing. It, I agree with you. It's like, what's the point? Right. So it, it, that's it for me. Like, so if we have 150 pre-sale, I know we're gonna do okay and walk up. So then it's a respectable number that I can live with. Like we're we're gonna get outdrawn by places that bring in big names or you know stuff like that. So it's not like something with me where I'm like, we have to be outdrawing every promotion in the area or we fucking quit. Like it's not that. It's just more. We have to be drawing a respectable number, or I don't have any desire to do to do it. And uh, so for me, that's kind of where I set these walking goals. Like I'll be happy if we're here, but I didn't think we would hit the one that I sat. So I'm like, well, I'll set it a little lower, and I'll just be fucking happy with it. And by the time yesterday rolls around, we were like one ticket away from the goal I wanted. Uh, and then we end up at the end of that night having what was the biggest crowd in the history of the promotion. Um, more than January? Well, a little more. Not many more than January. We had that place packed in January. Exactly. I mean, they there. came out in that blizzard, brother. If you, you were there. Anarchy faithful. Yeah, if you were there. Which I, I, I'm not making fun of anybody. The people that did come out for that show. No, fucking, that was fucking awesome. Which yeah. I still fucking kick myself for because... Um, Robert, I think Robert gave me gave me a really good idea in January at the bar, where he said, uh, "Like you know, you should uh, take a picture of all the fans, the ones that do show up tonight." And I like that's pretty good fucking idea. Yeah. I want to do that. And then I fucking forgot. Well, yeah, because to me, like you know, I know we're backtracking a little bit, but like to yeah. me, it's like obviously mid afternoon happened, two or three o'clock, and then the shit just it was bad. <laughs> There's no fucking way, we know, no way around it. Yeah, it was- and like. You go out there and you go out there and fucking kill it and do your thing because that's just the anarchy way. You know, you do it for the brand and like, respectively, I just do it because that's all I have in me. I can't do anything else. Like, I'm going to go out there and give everything I have. Right. So, like, I wish that picture would happen. Yeah, I wish we would have got that picture. Because it was, it was one of those little small moments in like anarchy history where it's like, sure, like fucking, we didn't move the needle. No, it's but not, at the same time, you you can remember people are gonna be like, "Well, remember that Blizzard show?" Like we we right. fucking made it. Like and, that and was they awesome, were, and they were loud. And I I tweeted that last night after all the show, like that. And we'll get into like the atmosphere shit later. But uh, rather, there's forty or like there was last night. It's just these people, these fans are just different, and I love it. It's really cool. But uh, yeah, so last night like, we've sold out Spalding before, but uh, last night was different, and like. There's a certain amount of chairs that are out and that are in the closet or they're like against the wall. And then those are the chairs we add. 
and we have filled those chairs before, and that's selling out the building. Where this time, though, they actually brought more chairs that they have stashed upstairs somewhere, and they lugged all them down, and then those chairs were also filled. And then uh, I can't remember his name, which is crazy because he's the hall guy that was fucking irate after the show. I think his name was Joe. Which we'll also get. Fact checker Sean? Jay. 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 Thank you, Sean. Hall manager Jay was fucking pissed after this show we'll get into that later he may have said a few rude words to towards me towards <laughs> he, me he was fucking hot i know but um he had come up to me at one point before he was fucking real pissed and he was like you're about 12 people away from us having to like look at fire code situation here and i told him i go look i'll tear down these gimmick tables here and we'll do standing room there. Because we all know Anarchy's first thought about anything that happens in that building is safety. Well, my first thought is I'm not turning anybody away. Like I, Mine's safety. <laughs> like, I want to get as many people in there. Because they, anybody, like, we draw some. I don't want to, so I don't want to, like, leave those people out. There are some people that live in Alton that come to the show. Mm-hmm. But most of our fans are traveling in, rather from St. Louis or another state. I don't want anyone to make that drive to Alton and me have to go, oh, sorry, you can't come in. Well, hell no. We'll squeeze him in there, man. <laughs> so we we'll just, uh, what was the guy's name? Jason? Jay? Jay. Jay. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll just take Jay to the, uh, the east side during the show. He won't know what's going on. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, we were, we were, I was extremely happy with that fucking draw, obviously. And the atmosphere stuff was fucking unbelievable. Um, we'll get into that later. But my day starts pretty fucking early in the morning, uh. Myself and Sean, because, uh, so, like... Not Sean Orleans, though. Nick Gage stays at my house, uh, so we have to go pick him up, or normally it's just me and Deborah do it, but she wanted to clean the house up for Mr. Gage, so, uh, I call Sean, which is really funny, because I was fucking around about this before, I want to call Sean and make him go pick up Nick Gage, because obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a wrestling fan, if you're a wrestling fan, you know... Like, I mean, Nick Gage is a different kind of dude. Fucking real deal. And, like, what you see in videos and all that, that that's this man. Like, that's just how we, he is. And some people, it's intimidating. And uh, Just so, a scotch. So I wanted to, uh, you know, make Sean go pick him up. So if you, you wouldn't have two com- different fucking personalities from Nick Gage to, you know, Sean Orleans. Yeah. So we're going to go pick him up. And... Uh, it ends up actually happening. Deborah's like, uh, is it, can someone else go? Because I don't want, I want to clean up the house some. So we go get him. Um, we go park in a fucking cell phone lot. And we're waiting there. And I, I tell Sean, I go, you know, uh, we got to go in the airport, which he didn't know. He's like, oh, I thought we'd just like drive up and he'd get in the car. And I go, well, I don't know, we don't really have never met the man before. I'd rather just go in the airport, pick him up. Uh, we go in the airport, we're walking to like the A gate where he's supposed to be, I fucking round the corner, he rounds the corner, we almost fucking walk right into each other. So it actually worked out pretty well. Uh, come back here, apparently like, he, he had a show Friday in Michigan, which I guess he didn't get out of the venue until 4 o'clock in the morning. So dude's exhausted, we come back here, dude takes a nap, off to the venue, we finally go at like 1. Uh, get to the venue at 2, 
Fucking the setup crew was like a goddamn a fucking army. It was like a militia. In like you know, totally gonna say this now. Like, thank you everybody for the setup and teardown job. And like everybody fucking hauled balls and did great. And I greatly appreciate that. Being that like I was that guy for years and still am. Well, right. I mean, we used back in LWA. There would be times setup crew was me, you, Evan, and my brother. Yep. That was it. And Dorian. Uh, yeah, like there, we had we we had. And there had to be like 25 people there for setup. I could say between me, you, Evan, Dory, and my brother, Lacey would be there. there I couldn't was, name 20 people. There was six that yeah. would be there. And then sometimes some of them weren't there. I remember at one time we sat up at Veta Sports Complex for LWA. It was just you, Jake, and my brother because I had to go pick up Samoa Joe. Samoa. So we had a three-person crew. Exactly. Compared to now, we're like... As I jokingly say, it's like I put Kenway in charge of everything, of like foreman and stuff, but I'm there just to like lead the way if need be, because you know you have it the right way and then the wrong way and then the Kenway. But like everybody did a great job, and like I said, I'm like, and we're not just saying it to be nice. It's like I truly appreciate it, and I think everybody in management and staff overall, like everything about Anarchy is a team effort. It's all of us, and the reason last night happened was because of everybody. Right. I don't so much care because I'm not going to set it up. I'll just make you guys all do it. So I don't care if there's 25 or 5. I'm not doing it. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks. Good to know. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I mean, there's so many people are there. I don't even know. Because well, yeah, we, we all know you don't know anybody. Uh, well, I don't. Yeah, but all them people, I, there are people I've never seen before. Yep. Um so yeah, setup goes really well. Of course, not having Evan there is a big deal because we realize that no one else knows how to set up the stage or the set or whatever you want to call it. You mean it. the Titantron? The shit we have where people walk out. Yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> like, that, that ends up, usually that's a 25-minute job with Evan and yeah, I he, think your brother usually yeah, do it. Yeah. That turned into a two-hour fiasco with 10 people looking around <laughs> at a fucking door. Yeah, we almost had to FaceTime him from Alaska. From Alaska. Yeah, to go, hey, help yeah. us set the stage up. Exactly. But. I mean, the Tron came out great, man. I thought the videos looked good. <laughs> and I actually still think that we... I don't think we sat it up like he does. I, I think that we just put it up the way that uh, PWCS puts it up. Which oh, no, I still we? don't have a clue how he does that. No. Fact checker? Yeah, PWCS does does more like a box mm-hmm. around the swinging door. Mm-hmm. And y'all have had a rectangle. Oh. And oh. so it, it ended up... Well, you set it up, Sean. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I was struggling. <laughs> I struggled I for two fucking hours, man. Kenway ultimately... Oh, you know, Kenway stop there. Kenway was in charge of that, no, no, no. too. Kenway came back, and Sarah came back, and and one of the random people that so, was there helped thank you, Sarah. really helped figure out the, the situation. <laughs> well, that's good. So we end up with a set. And, uh, yeah, so setup goes really well. So uh, then what? We have pre-event party happens. So we open doors. Like We have a huge rush at doors. It was really funny because... Uh, you know, it's a it's a long process because most shows, you know, they open doors a half hour before the show. Some open an hour. Well, we open like a fucking hour and almost an hour and a half, right? Yeah. Early for the pre-event party. So some of the wrestlers will look out, and this is what happened here. So like doors open, uh, we have the pre-event party stuff, which we'll go back to here in a second, but. You know, it's still like 25 minutes till the show, and some of the wrestlers are looking out going, oh, man, good house tonight. I, I think the wrestler you're saying is me. Well, Parnell, Parnell <laughs> yeah. did too. He was like, uh, it's, a, it's 
like it's, he's like, is this just pre-event party? And I was like, uh, yeah, but the regular doors are just now opening. He's like, oh, fuck, this is pretty good. And just people kept coming in, coming in, coming in, which was fucking awesome. But uh, the pre-event party was cool. Um, you know, I don't like to toot my own horn, but if you watch the pre-event party, there was a guy that works for South Broadway in it, which shows I don't fucking hate everybody. And even places that I'll call shit feds or joke around about, like, that's people need to get a sense of humor, too. Like, just because a place that I don't think is good and I say it's a shit-fed doesn't mean I fucking hate everybody that works there. Kid was from South Broadway. Deacon Cash. Deacon Cash. I think South Broadway fucking sucks. And I mean, obviously. But he showed up, he helped out, and he got on. So I'm willing to work with or give anyone a chance. And They just have to show up. If he keeps coming and showing up and he'll keep getting some opportunity but uh god forbid maybe he learned something he might not learn from the dog <laughs> all right i'm just not gonna sit here and shit on south broadway well i will all day <laughs> but, i'm gonna start my own podcast <laughs> but uh I, my whole point is that if you work for a place because i mean I, I know people that work for those places listen to the podcast so that's fine if you work for a place and you hear us bad mouth them it doesn't mean that you're not welcome to come to our events and help out if you want to eventually work for us that's the best way to get started and just learn and network because and, uh, if this is something you really want to do that's something you want to learn to do is learn things from people that are better than you have done things better than you and you want to go how'd you get there and right. then you want to go okay now i can network and make friends and have a good time right. god forbid we're willing i guess the whole point is if even if we don't like the promotion you work for you're more than welcome to come yeah it doesn't up. mean you're a bad person just the person you work for sucks. <laughs> yeah that's right so you know it was cool he came out and uh you know, that was neat. Kid's name slips my mind, but apparently he was an old LWA fan. Uh, he had been to LWA shows. So like, uh, Corey? Yeah. I think it's his yeah, name. Yeah, So that was it. Kenway put him over to me, so I was like, okay. You we'll never see. know what you're going to get with that. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> blonde hair. Uh, he, uh, he, he did a good job, and it was probably really cool for him because he was a fan of the promotion. And I didn't have a clue because I had read about it on the old Twitter box. I was like, oh, this kid's been around since fucking Dinosaur. I Rangers. think he... I can't. I, I think he. I, I had heard this before, so I'm. It probably means he messaged me at some time, and I, you know, just re remember. You respectfully it. read it. Yeah, I don't respond to a lot of messages. I, <laughs> I just don't. It, it's, it's just like with with this job of running the promotion. There's just some stuff I'm. I have to have time, especially if you message me during basketball season. And especially if you message me here coming up and playoff basketball season, you're probably not going to hear back from me. But don't take it personally. I will eventually get around to it. Well, I will. I'm going to start shitting on you. That's fine. <laughs> apparently, I'm a liar. So uh, Yeah, no kidding, right? But, uh, so we have the pre-event party. The match, the pre-event party match, I, it was okay. They didn't really play the audience very much. Um, you know, it's guys still learning. Exactly. So. It's a learning curve. It's all right. Um, live and learn. After that was the Everett Connors Magic Show. Which, which got a pop in a Magic Show chant before that motherfucker even went out there. Yeah, that's why we went right in. We it. had to. <laughs> I was like, well, let's go right into the Magic Show. They won it. And Connor, like, he has legitimate comedic timing. Um, he's funny as hell, and the Magic Show was great. He had told me, he'll send me these weird, like, messages on Voxer where he'll go, I want to buy this kind of outfit. And I'll just send back, oh, that's funny. And then 
five days later, he's sending me a picture of the outfit. And I'm like, oh, fuck, he actually bought it. How much do you think he spends on Amazon? A fair, a fair amount. <laughs> he doesn't. He, uh, he, he gets it all from Urban Outfitters. Oh, uh, his parents must have a charge. He, uh, <laughs> so one day he sends to me, I'm going to get a bear. He's like, would you be cool with me get buying a bear outfit? Wait, stop right there. You mean he bought a real bear? I, I, it, it's, I don't know. He claims he, he did. I, think I saw the bear a, choke I, him out in a video. I, I, I think, you know, he choked out the bear. Oh. Because he, he asked me if he could buy a bear or a bear outfit. I don't remember. And, I like to think he bought a live bear. <laughs> and filmed this promo. And I was like, whatever, dude, go ahead. Next thing I know, I'm getting a picture of a fucking bear. Rather, it was him in a costume, someone else in a costume, or a live bear. I'll never know, but it was a picture of a bear. And I'm pretty sure he deemed the bear Raul. Yeah. So, Raul, that shit was funny. Raul really does it for the brand. He gets stabbed multiple times out there. And uh Well hey, wait a second. Well yeah, you get stabbed later. But Raul did it first Funny. and uh you know, tried to steal some heat. Uh, Asshole. <laughs> the best part about all that is my mother was at this show. She never comes to shows. But, TJ, uh, the old uh yeah, neighbor and PJs. Yeah, when PJ when TJ gets out of PJs and puts on regular clothes and comes to a show it's, important. it's, a, it's a big deal. And uh she had called me, I don't know, a couple of days before the show, and she goes, I plan on getting there at 6.30. Uh, I'm not going to miss the magician, am I? And I go, well, no, he'll be there. I didn't tell her that it wasn't a, like Connor's not a trained magician. So Could have fooled me. She was unhappy because <laughs> he, he didn't really do any tricks at all. She was upset about he it. He only had Raul the live bear yeah. with him. That's a I fucking... He stabbed a bear. That's pretty fucking impressive to me. By all means, I mean, I mean, we work with PETA, so they're, they're okay. Yeah, they're but, fine with it. Right, we haven't right. gotten an email yet. Not yet. Uh, all right, well, we're going to take a quick break. I don't know what we're going to put here because Evan, I, he normally does all this and he is, uh, he's in Alaska. Yeah. So I don't know if there'll be something here or we'll just come back, but either way, we'll be right back. And we are back. No idea what will be put there, if anything. And we're Maybe. actually joined by special guest Dino the Cat. Dino, what were your thoughts last night when you saw your dad fucking die? Yeah, okay, no, you said as long as someone feeds me. All right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about the card. Uh, I wasn't able to watch all the matches, so I always debate when we record these because this is something we're going to do after every Anarchy show where me and Evan will come on here and talk about the show, things like that. Yeah. But we we typically record these a day or two after. This one we're recording the day after, so... It's fresh on your mind, at least. Well, it's you know fresh I mean? on my mind what I seen, but when I didn't watch everything, it's like, well, is it better to wait until the, uh, you know, on demand comes on independent wrestling TV? I didn't screw that up. Which will probably, I know, which will probably happen tomorrow, which will be Monday. So it'll definitely be up by the time this airs. Which, if you're listening, you're listening either overnight Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, however you want to. I like to think people just stay up all night and right. go, it's up. Well, they did for that NWL Part 1. Jesus Christ. What'd you guys say? Not, nothing. I don't right. listen well, to this shit. We, we just covered NWL. Yeah. Um, but either way, so I don't know. We'll kind of see how this does. If you, got, like, if, you know, if you guys would rather me wait till the VOD's up and then maybe put it out a little bit later and because I'll know more about the card because I always watch the VOD. Or if it's better. To, what's that, Dino? Oh, no. Or is it better to do how we're doing? But 
Anyway, match one was Mikey versus Ace Perry. Mikey, super over. He's a Hulk Hogan. He might. Spalding. He's in the top five as far as like biggest pops of the night. I mean, it's always you're getting a big pop. Besties are getting a big pop. Parnell gets a big pop, and then Mikey's right his way up. He's right in there too. Totally. Uh, So. Mikey's Hulk Hogan over in that building. Uh, he goes up against Ace Perry. Who I, this was the first time I'd ever seen Ace Perry in a match. And I know this is where we like to say, card subject to change. Right, yeah. This was supposed to be Jake Lander. but um, He got stuck at the border, so he couldn't really make it on time. Yeah, I guess he had a booking in Canada. Uh, yeah, I think Superkick, so that's awesome for him. That's great. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, he was, he was detained at the border longer than he thought he would be. So he wouldn't have arrived at the venue until like 7.30, 8 o'clock. And I, I, you know, sometimes that's not as big of a deal. I can look at the card. I can go, okay, this can move here and this can move here. We're all good. I wasn't really able to do that with this card. It was laid out a certain way. And if I have it laid out a certain way for a certain reason, I'm not going to change it unless if it's like fucking... Nick Gage's flight is coming in late, so you know what I mean, like like, Nick, like a Chris Hero situation, right? Then I'll make some changes, but I just I, I couldn't do it for this, so unfortunately that was the card shuffle. So yep. we see Ace Perry, and you know he did great. I'd never seen him before. Uh, you booked him, you put him over to me, and I said okay. Yep, he's a guy that I was like, hey, let's try him. He's not there ever, and he's unique, and he's. Like I just told you earlier, we were talking. I was like, he's been over to the UK. He's just really quiet and low key about it. I don't know why. Yeah, he's that's just something not, that I yeah. would talk about. Yeah, exactly. But great character, great kid, and he's been working his ass off for years now in the uh, Ian Rotten territory, as I like to call it, like that little bubble there. So like Billy Rock student. So that's always good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, I thought he went out there, and like my favorite thing is like he went out there and waited for whatever reaction he was going to get, and he went with it. So totally give him. You know, a high five on that one, yeah. Yeah, he did really well. I watched most of this match. Um, went well. I, I think we'll see Ace Perry again. Might not be for a little bit, because I like a lot of stuff for May and July for Circus Maximus. Is if I recommend good. somebody and you bring him back, do I get like commission or anything? No, Damn no. It's, this isn't like a fucking real job where you get... But excuse me? <laughs> where you get commissions. Uh, do, do I have like a room with a title? Yeah, Can I be uh, the GM? Well, you would be t- if we were a legitimate business structure. Like if we were all making a salary. I guess you could say you would be talent relations because there are a we're couple not making people- salary, but we're <laughs> making salad. There's a couple people on this card that yeah you put over to me. Um, so match two was a six man tag with Lethal Injection and Mighty Micah taking on Regals and Sharkbait. Uh, Lethal Injection, you know, they earned this shot because they did so well on the pre-event party in January. Uh, they yeah, because they there. just showed up with Mikey and set up last, that yep. January show, Blizzard yeah. 2012. Because of all the card changes, they got to go onto the pre-event party in front of a capacity crowd in January. and Probably, what, 15, 15, uh, 1,600? Yeah, there were tons. Alton, yeah. They were hanging from the rafters. They uh, were that night. <laughs> uh, so they did well in that. So, you know, I wanted to give them a shot on the... I guess main show, even I hate saying it, but on, I guess I could say on the live stream. Yeah, so on they, the live stream. <laughs> they got to be on the it. live stream. Yeah. And uh, it was a good match. You know, obviously, uh, you know, they, the, the Lethal Injection Micah team could have probably played to the audience more. And those guys are all still learning. Mighty Micah is very much improved. I didn't know really what to think of him when I first, you know, met him and seen him, was training, but. 
he does a really good job in that underdog like babyface role, uh, and you know it was a good match. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and like because I, I watched the first you know, couple matches because you know, what else I wanted to do, so I'm just out there watching it behind the curtain, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that match, and like, and I was just reading earlier, and like I don't get it, you know, I don't, I don't understand why like people still have this weird hatred towards NWL. Yeah, we let's talk about that. Yeah, uh, McDrea tweeted some stuff that we actually just read before recording. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, so we're able to talk about it for a minute. She didn't want to say the match, and I don't know. She did not say, like, I yeah. do not know the match she's talking about. It had to have been this one. 100%. Like, she, no one told me this, like, you know, hey, brother, I'm going to tell you this if you want. But no, she did not tell me. I'm just guessing yeah. that it would be this match. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in my opinion, you know, yes. people yeah. should have the right to have their own opinions on stuff, and that's fine. But, well, I hate something when it's over and gone, and, like, these guys, well, you know, Shark Bait and the Regals, yes, they were in the NWL. Yes, they were. I think the Regals were under full time contract. The Regals right? were under full time yeah. contract. Sharkbait was under full time contract for a short period of time. Lucky he, bastard. He was. Uh, well, he was in. He. I don't know if it was sales, but he he had he another job, and yeah. then he was one of the layoffs. But still, just because they shouldn't get flat because they had good paying jobs and they were part of well, something that just didn't work it, out. It, here's the thing: fans from Kansas City. Like the just fans, love like McDrea. Uh, I'm just the ones I know off the yeah. top of my head. Ashley Haynes and her group, Rex. Uh, you know, Walter comes and you know helps out. Uh, yeah, even he runs Journey Pro. But before he did that, he was he came a fan help with us. from Kansas City. Yep. Like these people have nothing to do with NWL. Nope. And if you want to hate NWL, that's fine. But it, it, but. The regal, the, sh- the shit's over. It's been over for almost a year, and ma- major. You can have your opinions on him too. I'm not gonna turn this into another NWL podcast, but major shit on St. Louis fans. I get it. If you want to hate him, by all means, they hate never him. did. We but, never right. did. But the 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 regal twins and Shark Bait and Hoodie when before he got hurt. These guys that you didn't know before NWL that you look at as NWL guys, they're 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 just wrestlers like anyone else. So they just happen to be from Kansas area, right? So to leave the room, and look, if you want to leave the room just because you're not a fan of a guy, fine, that, that's fine too. That's you well right. within your right. But and I guess if you want to leave the room and just because they're from NWL, that's well within your right too. But I think you're making a big mistake because they're talented. Yeah, these uh, Regal Twins have gotten really fucking good. Sharkbait's gotten better. I, I wish Sharkbait would get more reps. Cause I feel like if Sharkbait was a guy that was wrestling five, six times a month, like that dude has limitless potential. Yep, but he's also, you know... He's training for training fights. Training for fights. So, like, <laughs> it's, it's I hard. understand. It's hard. But, you know, you're missing out on some guys that you might actually become fans of because over... A hatred for a promotion that apparently you didn't support in the first place. I, Anyways. I don't know who this fan even was. Maybe he did support NWL. I doubt it. Yeah. But it's, it's really silly. I, I think that we need to. We're all in that building together because we love the Anarchy brand. Rather, you're from fucking Kansas City, St. Louis, Alton itself, Nova Scotia, fucking Thailand, wherever you're from. If you're in Alton, Thailand. Illinois. On March 23rd, you're there because you love the promotion, and that's it. It's a community, and there's no point in 
negativity. There's yep. no point in that, regardless if you hated NWL. You know, they may have shit on you as a St. Louis fan, but he shut down the promotion that cost me a salary, and you don't see me holding it against the wrestlers or shitting on it. So, yeah. you know, let's be better about that. But moving on to match three was uh, Everett Connors versus Cody Lang. Uh, Raul the Bear is back. He's better than ever. He's alive. We actually had EMTs backstage. We did. Thank yeah. God. We hired an EMT, yeah. revived Raul. Lost lost our ass on the EMT, but they were there. <laughs> um, good match. I felt bad. I, for some reason, Cody's theme music, which is very vulgar, was edited. I don't know why yeah. that happened. I don't know if someone admit, told our music guy to do an edited version of that, and I just don't know about it. Which would be silly. Do you think I would for sure know? Be told. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, Anyways, <laughs> um, so that was edited. So it kind of, kind of gave him a weird little entrance. Yeah. So he didn't come, have that like. Right. So Cody kind of had to play some catch up, but it was a good match. Cody's Cody, awesome. Yeah, Cody's gotten a lot better. Um, Connor's so fucking entertaining. And Connor can wrestle. It, it, he is just that was a good mix. I think Connor just prefers to have a good tan. Yeah, I noticed that Connor. He had a great tan last night. He likes to have fun, and then if he's having fun while he's wrestling, he's gonna do well, it. Or he wouldn't. I, yeah, exactly. The only reason he's bar still, none. The only reason he's still wrestling is because he likes doing the shit that we're doing in Anarchy with the rap battle and the magic show. Are you and, telling me he doesn't like to be pretty reckless? No, he does not like that. No, not at all. And uh, do I want to give it away here? I guess I can get. I, so the the idea in my mind for the May pre party, not Ladies Night pre party. So this would, this would be the Hog Wild pre party. Would Thank be you. Uh, the Everett Connors fucking uh, psychic readings. I think is what we're gonna do for that show. I have I gotta still iron it out in my mind with Connor what the hell this is gonna we're be. We're shooting infomercials, brother. I, I think Connor can read your future. So clearly we're gonna find out in May. I think he revived uh, Raul. Right, he did with his mind. Yeah. Uh, so that was a great match. Uh, we see Raul getting over. So that's going to lead us into match four, which was Hooligans and Diamond Dogs. Now, see, this was one that I didn't really get to see. Also, the another show. card subject to change. Yeah, uh, Hoodie Howitt's injured. I'm sure if you've seen the video, uh, he has to have knee surgery, so he's going to be out for a while. Get well soon, brah. Yeah, Hoodie's uh, another guy that I think valuable has player, tons of potential, and. He'll be back eventually. But from that happening, we see an opening. So uh, Graham Bell is booked by you because he yep. was supposed to come and be in the six-man tag originally. Yep. But with Hoodie getting hurt and us not being able to use the gorillas, that opened up a spot for Luke Langley. Yep. So, and oddly enough, they're a tag team. Right. Perfect. It worked, worked. Worked out well yep. for you know a shitty situation. Uh, and I imagine this was good. I mean, those guys are a good team, and the hooligans are the hooligans, so yep. I imagine this was a good match. Uh, it's a victim of me being busy, so I wasn't able to watch it live. It was very fun. Good double uh, team stuff. Our, our fact checker, Charlene, says it was a very good match. Enjoyed the tag stuff a lot. So I'm going to go off that because Sean's got good taste in wrestling, obviously. So moving on to the next match was the Gateway Heritage Championship match. Which was Larry D and Jeremy Wyatt. Again, didn't get to see much of this one, but I mean, you got two veterans in there like Larry and Wyatt. Um, fucking. What I really like about Wyatt's reign so far 
as he all of his defenses are against different type of opponents. You have Larry D, big brawler dude. You have Sharkbait MMA style guy. You have Gresham, one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. You have Parnell, like a hybrid type guy. Uh, Matt Cross, high flyer. He's getting ready to go against Hollow Wicked, which is going to be a whole nother skill set. So that'll be yeah, awesome. That's really cool. Uh, I really love the finish of this, like the punch. Um, I know there'll be some people who will say, like, well, wait a minute, Larry never got warned. The thing with that is when you break a rule blatantly, like with the closed fist punch blatantly, when you have no rope breaks left, you're going to get disqualified. That's up to the, that's referee discretion. Referee has a right to DQ you. And that's what happened here. Larry knew he didn't have any more rope breaks. He blatantly uses a closed fist, closed fist punch, which is against the pure wrestling rules. Gets DQ. So he got disqualified. Yep. And I mean, I'm one of those. Obviously, you know. Obviously, I, I'm a huge fan of Larry. Larry oh, wouldn't be there right. once again. <laughs> this is another Gary. Yeah. But I did see Larry work. I, I the, right after NWL closed, I went with you to a IWA Mid South show, and you worked Larry. Yeah, he's and I, awesome. I thought Larry was good then. Yep. So to me, he's not just your typical big man. Like he's very good. He he he's a true vet, is what I will say. Like he's a guy that you know. I think he runs a school, he yeah. runs a show, and like he's really breaking out this year. So like to me, he's like a true vet that like gives back. And he's he just not he a wants to help the scene get better. He treats young guys with respect, and he's out doing the drives and getting over and having good matches. And to me, yeah, that's what a true veteran is. Exactly. Like, he couldn't be a nicer dude. Like he's been Goodness. a pleasure, pleasure to do business with, and uh, he'll be back. Obviously. Uh, yeah, he'll be back. I mean, Larry's a full-time guy. You're going to yep. see him all and the time. And he, he got over. Until we can't. Until we oh, sign yeah. somewhere and I can't yeah. use him anymore. But, like, Larry got <laughs> over in that building only, what, three, four shows? Three? Right. Two? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. He, he, this match with Shire, he got over, and then he had the match with uh, Beef. And from then yep. on, it's, he's been over big time. Exactly. So, so he, he got over in front of that audience real quick and like they love him. So obviously when you're the whole crowd, Dino wants to completely yeah, he, destroy he, he, this yeah, podcast. This is what uh, I think uh, Evan puts up with with his cat Onyx. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is what he does. Are you working for someone locally, Dino? <laughs> yeah, you're trying to screw this up. The Yout put you up to this? <laughs> um, Jesus. Oh, great. Great. Alright. So after this we roll into, well, actually I want to talk about the pure rules for a minute. Um, I know some of the fans don't, uh, oh, no, I don't say some of the fans. I see everything on social media, so I've seen an exchange between some fans. So are you saying you just you run St. Louis Anarchy for tweets? No, I'm saying I run it for tweets, but I read social well, media. Yeah. I have my pulse on the fan It's base. feedback. <laughs> and I've seen some people weren't happy with the pure rules, which I think is fine. Uh, there's normally between a 9 to 10 match card and... Uh, there's always going to be eight to nine non-pure wrestling rules matches if you like those. Uh, what I like about the pure rules is the fucking booker writer of the show is it gives you a whole lot of creative options. And I think that's what Wyatt likes about it as a wrestler. It gives him a ton of creative options. And that's what makes the pure rules cool to me. And I liked it when Ring of Honor did it. I, I I thought it was really cool. And I mean, I you know, obviously, I'm not the biggest fan of Jeremy Wyatt's attitude. Right. I'm not going to deny the fact, and like, I'll go on record, and I think everybody has, you know, publicly now, it's like, he's one of the best in the fucking world. He's very good. You know, yeah, and I like, agree with that. I will challenge anybody to call me on that, because I will fight you, clearly. Yeah, in a real fight. 
Yep. Hold I'll put Jeremy a, Wyatt's wrestling. Yep, I'll put a cigarette out on your forehead. <laughs> Even though you think that Jeremy thinks you're a garbage wrestler. <laughs> well, of course. Because everything <laughs> you, you will just, fight someone well, to defend his wrestling. Well, I, w- I will. You know, I respect the man. I don't like his attitude, but yeah, he thinks I'm a garbage hey, wrestler. He, he's put out publicly that he's coming after your 800 plus day championship streak. Well, that's not going to happen because you know I'm going to drive a car over him. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right. After that, we had intermission. Um, Nothing happens nothing during happens intermission. During intermission, except me waiting for them to tell me that it's time to get ready for the stream. So uh, Kenway comes out uh, with uh, Adam Caster. Cuts, you know, he's pissed because he's not advertised, and this leads into the surprise of the returning Christian Rose. Uh, very cool to have him back. It, it, he came back earlier than he thought. He thought he was going to be out for a really long time, if ever able to come back and. He's a bitter old fuck, but he lo- he loves hey, wrestling. I can't say a bad word about him. And uh, Christian, if you hear this, like uh, you might be bitter, but Taker. Yeah, yeah, we're both Undertaker fans, but we all are. He, he's a bitter fuck, but he loves wrestling. And I talked to him. I don't. I, I might be speaking out of turn, but I think I was like one of the first wrestler, maybe the first wrestling person he called when he got this news. What's really funny is the next week's podcast is uh, our first ever guest, which is, which Christian, which is Rose. Christian Rose, but we didn't really cover this in the podcast. Yeah. Um, so I and he was upset, and he you know thought he wasn't ever going to be able to wrestle again, and if he was, it wasn't going to be for mm-hmm. a long time, and he, you know it sucks. But he was able to come back early. It was really cool to kind of give the fans that moment to let them cheer him. But at the end of the day, his friends in the promotion are Greg Jovi, Thomas Shire, and Jake Durden. If you've been following the shows, they beat the fuck out of you <laughs> at, at our return show. Thanks. And then, uh, you know, they've been kind of together, and I don't that I guess that doesn't change just because Christian Rose had a major health scare. Yeah. Um, so they come out afterwards and shake hands, and you know they're all happy again together, and. We got Christian Rose back, but this was a great, this was a good match. I, I got to see pe- bits and pieces of it. Uh, Kenway, I mean, he keeps improving all the time. Again, having a true heel in the promotion, like it's almost a lost art these days. And completely with Kenway, we have a true heel. Him, yep, he, Wyatt, Shire. he's hated by the crowd and the boys. Yeah, well, Kenway might be the only one because the boys typically like most of them like Wyatt, even though we don't really talk to many people. Yeah, and uh, Shire. Yeah, mm. the most like him, but Kenway pretty much is hated across the board, yep. and I think his own dad hates him. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> hey, rare town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, hated, he's pissed off everybody. He's hated amongst the boys, the yeah. setup crew, the fans, his own family. So yep. I mean, Kenway his own family. The, the pays uh, Vegas mortgage. <laughs> his dad, which we appreciate, like thank his, you. His dad made a shit ton of hot wings. Wait a minute. My fucking filet. He made me a filet a filet mignon that fucking Deborah stole from me. <laughs> she hasn't mentioned that fucking thing. This is live on the podcast. That this is coming back to my memory. She fucking stole that from me because she never mentioned it. <laughs> really? She fucking stole it. And she uh, we're, also, we're she, gonna go on break here in a minute. I'm gonna find out what the fuck happened to my guy. She also held the house up 25 minutes ago, making us watch <laughs> shit feds. Oh, that, that's kind of that's not true. But that, she stole that from. That's a true story about the full. She stole that fucking thing. Anywho, told me she was gonna do it. We gotta move and on. Anyway, I'll figure that out in a minute. But. <laughs> 
Kenway's gotten a lot better. Uh, it's cool. We, yeah, as you see, no Buddy Shepard at the show. Kenway jumped him and uh, fucked his eye up real bad. So no Buddy Shepard. Um, He'll be all right. Hopefully Buddy will be back soon. He'll be um, coming to people soon. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> all right. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, again, don't know if anything will be uh, here or not. But, and uh, if it's not, just look up all the cool pictures that were taken at the event this last Saturday. Yep, we will be right back. We are back. Uh, I have the unfortunate responsibility to let you know the filet mignon was eaten. The filet mignon was tragically eaten, not by me. Uh, moving on, after the, uh, the Rose-Kenway <laughs> match, we roll into... The Fight Club Pro Tag Team Championship match of Besties in the World versus Kicks and Shit, Chip Day, Logan James. A uh, little backstory to this one. Obviously, Besties win the Fight Club Pro Tag Belts. Uh, awesome. Fitchett offers for them to put them on the line in this. And I didn't originally, I, I didn't say no originally, but I did, it's something I had to think about. Uh, peeling back the curtain, like I, I feel like I hate a lot of times when other promotions' belts are defended on shows of not that promotion. Cause, it's obvious what's going to happen. Right. You can, uh, 99 times out of 100, there's never a title change because you're not going to see the Fight Club pro belt <clears throat> change hands on a show that is <laughs> you know, a show in the United States that you know I, Chip Day and Logan James aren't booked there. So exactly. they're going to... But, you know, what... What was cool about it is I, I thought about it more, and obviously, you know, Anarchy gets a rub off of that, like yep. retweets and stuff. But even more than that, like the fact that our guys, like that, really fucking cut their teeth in Anarchy and grew as performers in Anarchy, are now one of, one of the legitimate top tag teams in the country. So now we're seeing them travel the world and. They won these tag belts for a, a huge promotion, and for them to get to come out and have their first defense in Spalding Hall, like at, at their home promotion, is something I was like, "We're gonna go. At, we're gonna do that." It's and, that moment, and we always talk about that building having moments and anarchy building the moments. That's a moment for them to you know pretty much come home, and, and people are just happy about it because right. those are their guys. Right. That's exactly why I decided to do this. It was about a thirty-minute. Not even process where Fitchett asked me, I go, uh, let me think about it. And then me going, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> and then, like, the next day we announced it. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. These guys have worked their asses off, and, you know, they're 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 making it. And they're our guys. <laughs> and, and our fans deserve to get to see them come out with the belts in person mm-hmm. and, like, give appreciation for that. And, uh I think it goes to show how good they are as workers along with Logan and Chip that they were able to have a, such a good match where people got lost in the match. I feel like they maybe forgot that these were the Fight Club Pro Tag Team belts because they had some real good viable false finishes in this thing where people thought Logan and Chip might win. So they were able to like emotionally invest the fans to the point where I think they kind of forgot about, quote, common sense wrestling logic tells you that the besties are going to win. Um, they were just enjoying the moment. They, like you say, you, the exact got lost in what was going on right. with the performance. And and not to mention, I mean, 
I still haven't done the final numbers yet, but I think we range between like three fifty nine to three sixty three in the building. And not everybody, not all knows. of them know. Yeah. Like, oh well, we know this and that. Like, not all of them are those kind of fans. So for some of those fans, it was just a really good tag team title match for them, and they had no idea about like where this other company is in okay. accordance to this and that. So. But for the fans that, you know, are the smarter fan that follows the internet more... They knew about it. They still get lost into this because these guys are such good performers. And it was a very good match that went ten minutes over its time, Rook. Yep. Well, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) They went ten minutes over, but at the same time, it's not like it was ten minutes of fucking watching bullshit. Well, no, it was fucking awesome. And I was on at this show at times, so we weren't... The show wasn't like... Going long hurting, or anything, like we hurting her hurt. time. So yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't mad about it. But yeah. uh, if they come back and Fitchett goes, "I'm sorry, I, I know we went over time." I go, yeah, you went ten minutes over. What? <laughs> they couldn't believe they yeah. went ten over. Uh, I blame Vega. Probably was, and I said that. I said, I told Vega, please, Vega, go. You're going over your time. I was I, there, and he looked right at you and said, "Fuck you." Yeah, Vega's become a loose cannon <laughs> yeah. in the locker room. Yep. He's getting his own fucking batch of hot wings yep. that he makes. Poor, Kenway's dad makes 25 pounds of wings for the boys. Vega makes him make an extra 12 pounds of wings for just him and Fitchett. And Fitchett don't eat hot wings. So that's 12 pounds of wings just for Davey And I'm pretty sure Vega was handed the hot wings. Kenway's dad walks away. Vega threw him away. Yeah. Just respectful. Threw him right in the garbage. Uh, So, yeah, Vega's really turned into a loose cannon. More so than ever before. uh, Out of control. This was a very good match, which led us to the pre-main event, which was Jake Parnell and Thomas Shire. And I thought it was a good match. I know you have your own shit with Parnell, but this was a good match. Uh, I'm glad Shire beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> it was heavy. Uh, Shire's a guy that's really coming along. Uh, another one of our true heels. And I think that's something he should hang his hat on. Uh now that you know, it, it took a while, but now that he's getting these reps and he's fucking out there training all the time, like we're starting to see how good this dude is. And uh, him and Parnell was very good. Um, yeah, it happened. Parnell wins with a new submission, so maybe look out for that WrestleMania weekend. Oh, he does more than stop on people. <laughs> Apparently so. Nah, I don't yeah, believe it. Inverted flow relief. Uh, Where have I seen that before? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure he was watching a Charlie's fucking playbook. <laughs> Patting to Charlie's leg heat. <laughs> so now we move into the main event of the evening. So uh, what was that? <laughs> Wait, Parnell and Shire won the main event. <laughs> so there's a. Uh, there's kind of a lot of ground to cover here, so we're just going to kind of jump right into it. Buckle in. <laughs> um, so, the, like, I had tweeted a few days ago, or maybe, maybe, no, I think I tweeted this the day before the show, where, like, the word of the day was atmosphere. So, we've had a lot of things over the course of the years of anarchy where, like, atmosphere was huge. We even had some in LWA. Like, the first thing I ever remember was, like, Alex Shelley, Nick Tyson. Crowd was molten fucking hot for that. Uh, and, and Anarchy, it's kind of weird with Anarchy because, like, different fans have different moments. For some, it's the 60-minute draw. For some, it's the Roscoe Eat Lisa return at our relaunch. You know, for some, it's the relaunch itself. For some, it's fucking Vega tapping out Davey Richards and, like, finally overcoming those <laughs> odds. So, uh, you know, different people have different moments. But this, like, was unbelievable. So, like... 
from my perspective, watching this thing is like Nick Gage's music hits. He comes out, good portion of the crowd stands up, and he's fucking who he is. So he's hyped up, and people are going nuts. Well, you say like he is, and like that's who that guy is, man. right? Yeah, I honestly. I didn't see him all day. Like fucking, I didn't say a fucking word well, to him. And we brought him to Alton. He rode with me and Deborah. Um, he didn't say ask say anything to me. He asked Deborah like, "How's this neighborhood?" And she goes, "Well, you know, it's not like a bad area, uh, nothing like that." And he disappeared for hours. No, no one knew where he went. And uh, we assumed. Still, I couldn't tell you where he went. I'm pretty sure he. Just, you know, walked the neighborhood or ran or did cardio around the neighborhood or whatever. But he, he was gone. He comes back, I don't know, a few minutes before the show starts. Uh, I talk to him. I tell him, like, there's not really any rules here, but you can't fuck with, like, don't go on the stage where the independent wrestling TV is. Don't put any holes in the wall. and Don't, like... Fuck don't damage the building. <laughs> don't fucking damage the buildings. All and they have a rule of no glass. Um, so uh, from there, like he makes his entrance. Well, actually, there's even more before that. So like he looks at the rundown and he doesn't really say nothing. He just says <laughs> to me randomly, "He's like, you know, I'm not about that shaking hands shit." I just say, "Okay," <laughs> like I wasn't like. I wasn't asking you to shake anyone's hand at any point through the day, <laughs> but he wasn't, you know, he just wanted to let me know that. And then that was pretty much it. I mean, that was my main interaction with him outside. Cause like picking him up from the airport. He, Good job he, boss. Like, <laughs> like he didn't say much. He asked if he could sleep because he got out of the venue real late the night before. I said, yes. Uh, like a baby. We fucking drove him to the venue. He said not. We, we drove. I live in South City in St. Louis, mm-hmm. about a thirty-eight minute drive from the building, um, and not a word was spoken. Uh, Deborah took him to Subway to eat. That's where he asked about the neighborhood, <laughs> and that was it. Uh, we had that conversation that I just spoke of. So his entrance happens. People stand up. Your entrance happens, the whole fucking building stands up. And what's a really neat moment there, if you watch it, and I, I hope, you know, I'm sure a lot of people probably have already rewatched it by the time that this airs and let's they're, hope, they're here. Let's hope this. it's up Monday. But if you did and didn't see this, hopefully they catch it. Uh, when they all come up you know, during your entrance, his reactions is great. Like, you could tell, like, this fucking guy is getting fucking hyped up for this. You make your entrance, like, fucking people are... Now the whole building's standing, and they don't sit down for the rest of this match. Uh, Sarah can't really do the intro. She's become, like, overcome with emotion, <laughs> which, like, is great. Like, I'm not the kind of fucking boss that's gonna be like, what the fuck, you fucked up the intros. She was in that moment. Right. That's what I want. <laughs> I would rather th- what happened happen, because if she's that caught up in it, we know we have something with this. And she was. She could barely do the intros. He fucking grabs the microphone, does it himself. You do the same thing. We're off to the races. Uh, well, I'll let you talk about the match. But for me, this motherfucker whips a ladder out, starts knocking our ceiling tiles out of the fucking sky. Uh, How, were you pacing at that point? Or were you pulling your hair out? I was No, I was just looking at the... Because the bald dude that serves the sodas is a hall manager, Jay guy. I'm watching him, 
because I watching you. Well, he's pissed. Like he's looking oh, on. I know. And uh, Megan and her father are the other hall people. They're doing their thing with the pizzas and that, so they're not really seeing any of this. Um, so he starts plucking the fucking ceiling tiles out, and I start like, "Fuck, here we go!" Like he's plucking out the ceiling tiles. They're Rule gonna, one: Don't fuck anything up. They're not gonna like that. They're the the ladder he was climbing on. They specifically said not to use because. Uh, he, well, he just said, uh, you're going to have to buy that ladder if it gets fucked up. So not to use it. Uses the ladder. Um, did he? <laughs> uh, and then like, for me, the rest of it's just, you know, the atmosphere of the match. I'm obviously not in there. Um, he does the light tubes at the end, which really fucking piss off the hall, which we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll wrap with talking about the hall. But so from your perspective, like, you've obviously been bloodied in matches before. Was there anything different about this than, like, other matches where you've been bloodied in? Uh, it's this weird thing. It's, like, this weird high of adrenaline. But the same, like, and now it's, like, you, I'm, I'm, like, reliving it. It's, like, a flashback. It's, like, nothing can really describe. Like, last night was, like, just so unique. Right. And, like, obviously we've had matches that were, you know, yeah, I got bloody or, like, craziness, but, like, this was like a whole different fucking level. Right. Like, this was like, once again, and I read this earlier and it made perfect sense. Like, oh, this is a big fight. Okay, but like, when you're there and you, like you said, you have a ring announcer that can't even do the introductions because there's that overcome with emotion. Big fight feel because there's just that raw emotion and electricity. That, I'm like, cliche, but like, I'm sure, pretty sure the power could have went out and all that emotion and electricity the crowd had could have just left the building the rest of the fucking night. Well, if not, they would have yeah. lit it with their phones. Exactly, because they've done that before. And just as soon as my music hit and I went out there, because, like, in my mind, it's like, yep, this dude's the real fucking deal. It's like, yep, you better fucking, you better knuckle the fuck up, Gary, because if not, this dude's going to eat your fucking lunch. Right. Like, no doubt about Which it. Which he's done before. You know, yeah. that David Arquette thing wasn't a bullshit, like, no, he, deal. He, like, he David, fucked like, Arquette up. Like, David, which... If I wish I could have had one conversation with him, it would have been about that because I'm not a big David Arquette fan. I don't have really any ill will towards him, but that whole situation sucked. Well, I'll ask him next time I'm fighting uh, him. He, uh, but that's exactly what happened with him. Arquette went in there not knowing what he was getting into, and he fucking ate Arquette's lunch, and whatever ramifications happened after that happened. Because, he don't give a shit. Right, that's just... like. You book a talent, and I and I all the stuff I say about him plucking out the ceiling tiles and shit like that. Like Nick Gage will be back in anarchy. Like it's not like me saying he went off the quote script and did things I told him not to do. Like did he do some stuff that I told him not to do? Sure, but I know what I'm getting into booking a talent like Nick Gage. Like he's the real fucking deal. He's not. A, there's nothing gimmick about this man. And he's going to do what he does. And then we have to be willing to suffer the ramifications of that. But it's worth it because the dude's good at what, or he's great at what he does. And now, like, obviously we have other shows, so we're not out of business. <laughs> but if yeah. this would have been the last, if this would have been the last show, like, okay, like, to me, that risk is worth it to get that moment that what this match was. Yeah. If he, if they would have come to me after this and said, you're done, you're never going to run a show here again. Died on that high hill. It, it would have sucked, and a lot of fans I know would be fucking destroyed. But 
to me, the risk is worth it to get those moments. Oh, and yeah. that's what we are. And all right, we're not done talking about the match. Like, well, I'll get into all the Hall stuff afterwards. But, uh, yeah. Like, so the bloody, like, it's different because, like, you know, like, people that listen to the podcast are mostly smart internet fans. So they, they understand that, like, these aren't, this isn't MMA. But that motherfucker's fingers were legitimately in a fucking cut in your head. No, there's I know. No, there's nothing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> there's like, nothing. Yeah, uh, he was, he was oh, work about that. Rip my head open as much as he wanted to, and there's nothing I could do about it because he was fucking kicking my ass. Like, and when he was biting me, he was biting me. <laughs> there's no work about that. The motherfucker, we know what he's done. He, we right. know where he's been. <laughs> right. Like, he don't give a fuck. Yeah. And I mean,. I'm not afraid of that. Like, I'm under this, you know, different past, but at the same time, like, it all leads us to this. Like, right. I don't give a fuck at all. Like, I'm not afraid of them. And, you know, I went into the prove, and I, even though I didn't win, right. I did lose, still think I proved to him, like, you know, you're not going to fucking stop me, and I'm not afraid of you and who you are and what your fucking reputation is. Right. So, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm laying there in a fucking pool of my own blood and thumbtacks and fucking glass. And I'm, at that point, like, I'll talk about that more than the match because obviously you'll watch the match and realize, holy fuck, this is right. absolutely insane. You know, with the ceiling tiles and the fucking whatever happened in the crowd, I'm pretty sure I was knocked out. Anyways, you know, concussion number 28. But uh, I'm laying there after the fucking match and people are running up to me and like, I I can't see out of my left eye because I'm fucking Bleeding gushing so blood and like it's caked everywhere. I'm itchy because of the ceiling tile. Like, like thumbtacks everywhere, chairs everywhere, you know. Clearly, in the back of my mind, I'm laying there going, why the fuck do I do this? <laughs> right. You know, but at the same time, I'm overcome with just raw emotion of just like, fuck, this is why I do this. <laughs> right. Like, win, lose, or draw, like, I go out there and give it everything I fucking have. And like, I, I, I know it says cliche, but like, <clears throat> I don't fight to win, I fight to survive. And yeah. I didn't win, but I will fucking survive. And I'm pretty sure I proved my point again that, like, undoubtedly, I'm going to put myself over. But, like, I'm one of the best in the fucking world, if not country. Right. You know? Well, the world's bigger than the country, but I see well, what you you're saying. I know what, I mean, I know you know, what you're saying. You know, my dick's big right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, I'm just saying. And, like, I still went toe-to-toe with Nick fucking Gage, the man. And, like, he's the man everywhere else. But he came into my fucking house, and I think he realized I'm the fucking man there. Right. Regardless of... Who, who I, I, I think he did, and uh, I so you know what a fan. I don't ever remember. I just I see things on social media and I read them and I'll go, that's a good point. But I don't necessarily always see the name next to it. So for the fan that did say this, I'm, I don't know who, but hopefully you listen to this. He made a really good point where he said like he wonders if you lost the match because um, I think Sean had tweeted about how you didn't throw like one chop in the whole match. Uh, so the fan come back with a pretty good fucking analogy. And he had said, uh, you know, maybe that's why you lost because you tried to do his shit instead of sticking to your shit, which is fucking chops and strikes trying to knock the guy out. And you kind of tried to do what he's the one of the, maybe the best in the world at doing. And then that's why you lost. Would you? I would say that maybe that fan makes a good fucking uh, point. That, I mean, now that you think about it, maybe I should have just stuck to what works. But at the same time, you can't go in there and go, "Well, here's my game plan." <laughs> right. You know, hey, Nick Gage, here's my game plan. <laughs> like, you know, like you don't see the guy until you're fucking standing across the ring from him. So, like, it's one of those things where, like, 
you got to roll with the punches, man. And like, I didn't fare bad. Like, it's not like he walked out unscathed. Fuck. No. And he, uh, he did say one thing to me before this is when he said that outside, like his GCW is his number one. That's his home, his home. Promo, his home promotion. Like and anarchy. It, you know, and you know, and we'll give Lauderdale and GCW credit. They helped. This right. They, well, they helped make this happen and they promoted it. Like, you so know, thank La- you. Lauderdale watched it and like, you know, pro- you know, that's great because it puts eyes on anarchy too. But he had did, he did say to me before this that uh, outside of GCW, this is like the first fight or match he's had in a long time where he was like really fucking excited about it. And then he had said to me too, he was like, "I hope that uh, I hope they know who I am." Like, cause, you know, sometimes people will bring in a named talent and just put him in the main event because they're a named talent, and not all the time does that work because sometimes the fans don't really know him. Yeah. Well, I told I was like, dude, you don't got nothing to worry about. Like these people are gonna be white fucking hot for this. Like you're not gonna have to worry about that at all. And you know, luckily I was right. But so you know, he cared about it, and he definitely made an impression. So like, let's let's wrap up talking about the bell to bell with the light tube. So he pulls out light tubes, which this is the, the first time in the history of Anarchy, first runner now. Where we've ever had that, uh, the hall has a strict no glass rule. Yeah, and don't worry, uh, we heard all about that rule a lot. Yeah, we'll get into that as soon after as that this. bell was over. <laughs> but uh, so now at this point, like you, so my perspective, you, I'm on the other side of the building now. You have thrown all the chairs in. Uh, you've done your, you've done the superplex. Right around the time you hit the superplex, here comes Fitchett, <laughs> and Fitchett goes, "Hey." I just want to let you know that that guy, which is the hall guy again, he's filming this, and he goes, "I think that he's gonna get us in trouble." And uh, he goes, "I, I just letting you know." So I'd see that, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Because he films the rest, so he films from like right around the superplex to you getting pile drive, power bomb into the light tubes. He he films all that. So now I start thinking. You know, this is really turning into us possibly losing the building because, <laughs> because you know, he's he's obviously pissed off because he's already mad before this. And uh, those light tubes, boy, like, so Man, let's talk about the, let's edge. talk about the light tubes from your perspective. So then I can talk about it from mine and then I can kind of get into the whole aftermath of all this. Uh, well, obviously, like at that point. Not much I could do other than go, well, this is the inevitable. This is my future. This is going to happen. Uh, cracks me once. It doesn't break. And obviously, yeah. he's not going to go, well, it didn't work. I'm just going to put this over here. Cracks me again. Breaks. I, go, I muster up everything I left I have. And then, fuck it. I'm done. Like, yeah. boom. There's the other one. Like, you'll see it if I, you haven't watched it. And I don't think you can prepare yourself to be hit with no. a fucking light I'm pretty tube. sure I didn't sign up for wrestling school going, hey, how do you take a light tube with the fucking head? Right. So, so, you know, something that's never happened in our history that, you, that you've never experienced in your fucking 14, 15 year career up until that moment is ultimately what puts you away. Yeah. And then that's kind of like the end of your night. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, but mine, unfortunately, has not ended yet. Um, or, you know, to credit from what I've heard and seen, because I'm backstage fucking cleaning up and trying not to die. Orleans took a large part of this fucking brunt, too. Yeah, for some reason, yeah. this Hall guy lays into Sean, telling him everything he thinks. 
So by this time, I I'm I've I'm talking to Megan, who's the hall manager, and I I pretty much say I talk. I go, so do I have anything to worry about here? Um, she says no. So you know you can if you're building your suspense to thinking we did lose the building. We did. <laughs> We're done. The right now the oh, the answer is no. Now, you know I would be completely fucking candid with this. If this guy takes this video to like a higher up board and really tries to get us thrown out, I don't know what could happen. Uh, so. I'm saying for right now, the answer is no. I would say that we won't lose it because, I mean, they make a lot, a lot, a lot of money from you guys buying pizzas and beer. So Thank I, you for being alcoholics and liking the party and liking the pizza. <laughs> Thank because, you for gluttony. Because I, uh, I think that uh, if you didn't, if you didn't buy all that stuff, we we'd we, be in we, trouble. We might be in a little trouble. Well, like as I'm sitting backstage, you know, you know, trying to clean off and pretty much regain consciousness and kind of collect what what just happened. I also know rule number one: no, no. Uh, we just broke about fourteen no nos. Right. Like yeah. so, I'm sitting there going, "Fuck, that was it. We just lost the fucking hall. Like the, yeah. we're done." And obviously, if we can't run there, and you said it yourself, we're not gonna run. Right, like I that agree. building's like the epicenter. Well, you know, like I, I, I don't know. To me, it depends on how it happens. Like I will say this: like if, if again, like really peeling back the fucking curtain here, if they throw us out, like if say if something happens, this guy takes this video to the fucking board and we get thrown out, then we will try to run somewhere else. Because what can we do? True. I would never leave Spalding Hall on my own accord. No, but if 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 something happens and we get removed. Then I feel like the fan base is gonna be like, well, let's go fucking make somewhere else special. I would like to think the fan base, led by Jason Klein, would just get a van together and burn down the spawning hall <laughs> and build it somewhere. Build else. it somewhere else. But uh, so you know, Megan and her father have both said, and there's nothing to worry about here. So and for, they're super cool so people. For right now, there's nothing to worry about. Thank you, Megan. But and pizza guy. The <laughs> they were. You know, one of the guys was very upset. and An important guy. <laughs> so, th- like, they start immediately whipping out their phones to make, because they were under the impression, all of them, that light tubes were illegal to use in Illinois or anywhere as, like, a weapon or something. So, like, they're looking at Google Jesus. to check the mercury levels of a light tube to make sure that no laws were broke. So, I'm, you know, we're going through all that, and... They check all the chairs and find the damaged ones. I have to have actually Connor ends up doing this, like scrubbing blood off chairs and stuff. And so, like right now, the worst that's come out of this is I like I had to pay like a hundred and fifty dollars more than what we normally pay for a building to like cover damages uh they're gonna make us probably give them a i was already told they're gonna we're gonna have to write a hefty fucking security deposit check now because of this um so so far that's the worst of it as far as uh the damages like the 150 bucks i mean that's a that sucks (laughs) but uh we're gonna have to really start fucking being strict about the uh, chair rules because again peeling back that curtain they're charging me 25 bucks for every Jesus chair broke Christ. and 
That goes for us and you guys. <laughs> yeah, the fan. Well, I, I can't yeah. find the fans. I will start well, finding. Yeah. Find wrestlers will start getting fined. Hit for the old Bob Gaggle for uh, fucking up chairs because yeah, that's right. a lie. They'll put us out of business. Coming out of your ass. <laughs> but you know, with that, even with all of this being said, like with the extra money paid, security deposit. We didn't. We have not lost the venue, but it's not a. You know, you never know what kind of phone call I'm going to get between now and April about the venue if this fucking escalates. But even with all that, that atmosphere for that main event's worth it to me, and it's worth the risk. And that's why we'll see Nick Gage again someday soon. And uh, I don't know. I think that's about it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that covers pretty much everything. And like. Pretty fine detail, especially about the, the you know pretty much the ramifications of like what could happen. I mean, I think we're in the clear. I think we'll be all right. But. I do too. I think so too. And listen, if you're a fan that listens to this that comes to our shows, please don't confront or say <laughs> anything Lord, no. to any of the hall people. Like, be respectful. Please. And if and if one of the hall people listens to this, this isn't a way to like. This is just letting our fans know of like we're very open with our fan base yep. and. Uh, but yeah, if you're a fan that listens to this, don't bother anybody at Spalding Hall to try to save the building for us. Because anything. right now there's no, re- we don't have to. We're still there. <laughs> and, and poor guy that did get upset. You gotta understand, he's not Megan or the pizza guy. He hasn't been here through six years of anarchy before this. He's he's new, and you don't fucking say nothing because that that just make it worse for us. So that's it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and I'll be back to wrap it up. Bye. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us on this. Uh, thank you, Gary, for filling in for Evan. I hope I did all right. I know I didn't get too controversial because I know he just you know hates everybody. But anyways, he's bitter, and uh, I'm not gonna lie. I I think I did all right, but yeah, not bad, not bad. First time on the pod. He's already texted me saying, you know, I hope you fuck this up and. Uh, <laughs> I hope you die, you homeless bastard. Jesus. So, yeah, um, good friend of mine. Yeah. yeah. So, if you guys have any questions, if you thought maybe we forgot something, uh, you can just send them, DM me on Twitter. Uh, we can cover it. Me and Evan will record an intro for the next podcast, and so we will cover it then. So, if yeah. you want to know anything, let me know. Uh, we will be back in two weeks with our first ever guest, uh, and that guest is Christian Rose. Uh we have a fun conversation with him about like when we first met him, some of his travels. We talk about some shitty Illinois places we have worked for. It's a really good conversation. So that'll be up in two weeks. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye!